Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Jason Mott is the author of Hell of a Book, a novel. New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Jason Mott lives in southeastern North Carolina. He has a BFA in fiction and an MFA in poetry, both from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. His poetry and fiction has appeared in various literary journals. He was nominated for a 2009 Pushcart Prize Award, and Entertainment Weekly listed him as one of their 10 new Hollywood next wave people to watch. He is the author of two poetry collections, Call This Thing Between Us Love and Hide Behind Me. He's also the author of three novels, The Returned, The Wonder of All Things, and The Crossing. The Returned, Jason's debut novel, was adapted by Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, in association with Brillstein Entertainment and ABC. It aired on the ABC network under the title Resurrection. Now I have to go back and watch that. Jason's fourth novel, Hell of a Book, just came out. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for coming on Moms and Have Time to Read Books to talk about Hell of a Book. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, the great thing about this book, well, many, one of the many great things, is having a protagonist who's an author going on book tour. And yet you are an author going on book tour, obviously. So you were very clever, I think, in the ways that you told the media not to bother you <laughs> in this book. So among 8,000 other things that accomplished, I am not going to ask you what this book is about, although I love your media tip to repeat the title. And I was like, oh, okay, I should do that with my own books. Like, I don't usually do that. So, okay, thank you for that. 
<laughs> You're welcome. Okay, I'm not going to ask you what it's about. We're just going to like have a conversation. What did you have for breakfast today, Jason? Like, tell me, tell me that. <laughs> what did I have? Like a protein shake, some eggs, and bacon. So it was pretty good, simple nice. breakfast. Nice. Okay. What about yourself? What did you have for breakfast? I had some of my kids' Honey Nut Cheerios. Awesome. Yeah. I have a Honey Nut Cheerios. For, oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, it was <laughs> actually better than great. My breakfast. It was fantastic, and you know, didn't take much time to eat, so that was good. Okay, so you have developed some of the most interesting characters here in this book. I love the pacing. I love the way they talk. I love like all their funny interactions. I love how you never know if the boy is real or not and all of the mental health sort of issues. I love how you riff on the publishing process and <laughs> wow. And that and yet incorporate like really important big themes in life like race and and police and yet you package it all up in this like narrative like you're almost tricking the reader that you're reading like this light fluffy book but it's not at all a light fluffy book at at all, you know? So anyway, yeah. Tell me about your, <laughs> I don't even want to ask you any questions. Okay, so respond to that if you want to. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. No, you're <laughs> you're totally allowed to ask any questions you care to. Yeah, that was definitely like, so part of the, the book's goal was obviously twofold. Like I wanted to have a very serious discussion about race in America and identity and all of those very big, quote unquote, heavy topics that kind of you know permeate the American existence. And yet I also, at the same time, partly for my own kind of well-being, but also for the well-being of the reader, I wanted to have some fun. Like I wanted it to be a comedy. Like I, I'm someone who I, I don't take myself very seriously. I take my writing very seriously, but I myself, I do not take myself very seriously. So I like to laugh. And I wanted to create a space where readers could come to the page and find this absurdist farce where like the silliest things are happening one moment. And then literally the next page over, you've got really heavy, dramatic, you know, powerful moments that are occurring as well. And that pendulum swing between the two was part of the kind of the technical challenge for writing this. And it was a lot of the fun as well, because I like to laugh and like I got to laugh during the writing process. And I think readers are laughing during the reading. And that's actually what I wanted. So that's really good. Yeah. I mean, you start off right away with us. How can you not laugh at like a naked man in a hotel lobby, like trying to get a key and then not having his driver's license? And like, so you set the tone great, but then, you know, we go through all of this intense sadness later when you see what happens and like parts of it, I was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't believe like you saw it coming. And anyway, that, you know, so it takes you on like a wild ride, basically. I think my favorite character was the limo driver. He was so great. <laughs> like, tell me, I mean, he ended up and take, I mean, t okay. So tell me about like inventing that character. You're just sitting in your office. Tell me about like coming up with him. And are you chuckling? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, it's funny like that that he he's a character who stole the show from for so many people. He's a character that I, when I wrote the character, I definitely enjoyed writing it. But I didn't expect it to be this this character that so many people kind of connected with in such a strong way. And it was funny when I said the manuscript to my agent, she immediately was like, I love Rennie so much. I love this character. I love him so much. And so he came about just because when I was on book tour for the return, you know, almost 10 years ago now, it really like a lot of the craziness in the hell of a book, like it's patterned after that. Like it was a really whirlwind, surreal, bizarre, frenetic experience. And I wanted to kind of capture that. And one component would happen is you would land in a new city and then we had this um, this limo driver. Like, I don't know what it was called, media escort. And they would take you from you know, book, bookstore to bookstore and all those kinds of places because they knew the town better than anyone else. And 
So I wanted to kind of combine a few really positive because there were there were some crazy media escorts I had and there were some really <laughs> cool people. So I took the best parts from those really wonderful media escorts I had, people who really helped me kind of get through the book tour. And I rolled them up into Rainey's character. And I patterned him after an actor named James Hahn, who has, he's an Asian American actor. He's been in you know film for decades now. And he's really become one of those people, one of those actors whose body of work has kind of been the background of my life. Like he's been in so many movies that I love and so many parts of my existence growing up that I wanted to kind of pay an homage to him as an actor. So I patterned the character after, you know, after him a little bit. And then, so that's, that's where Rennie, the driver came from. And he's, he's become a a sudden star of the show. totally unexpected. I thought I was so unique. Well, forget that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So much for, so much for my original interpretation. I wanted to just read this one paragraph because I thought it was so interesting in this whole theme of being seen and invisibility and who has the gaze, if you, you know, there's this whole like male gaze and anyway, multi-layered, or maybe it's just luck. I don't know. I think you meant it. (laughs) Okay. You say, so you're some new kind of superhero, I guess, the invisible kid here to save the invisible day. Yeah. The boy says brightly, I never really thought about it like that, but I think that's pretty dope. Like I can be here one moment and then not here the next whenever I want. Nobody can see or hear or even touch me if I don't want them to. Something akin to pride creeps into his voice, but it's a hollow sort of pride. It's the pride of someone who's rarely proud of anything. It's the type of pride that can be knocked over with a feather, and so it rarely gets to shine in the face of the world. The little black kid flashes those impossibly white teeth at me, and he laughs, and then he covers his smile and quells the laughter like Miss Seeley used to do, and I know that he spent his entire life being afraid to be happy. I'm sorry, kid, I say, leaning back. What are you sorry for? The kid asks. For whatever trauma of mine led you here, I reply. And before I know it, everything and all of it hits, and I'm asleep. Oh, I love that passage. (laughs) Well, tell me about, tell me a little more about that and this whole notion of, you know, from the beginning, this boy who feels like his main superpower is to not be seen and to try to avoid pain, essentially, which he can't escape from, whether or not he's real or figment or whatever. So a lot of that, that kind of component of the, the visibility, you know, seen and unseen, some of that actually does come from my personal experience. Like as much as I may seem like a very gregarious, outgoing person, I'm actually a hardcore introvert. I really shy away from attention. I always have. And so growing up, you know, I was the kid who wanted to just kind of tuck away and not be seen. I wanted to sit away and read books and just not interact with people. I always kind of felt a little bit insecure and nervous and all those kinds of typical feelings that you have a lot of time. And that's something that still carries forward a little bit today. Like even as an adult and you know, having written a, a few a few things, like I still get really, I still want to disappear. Like I still very much, the, the spotlight and attention always kind of unnerves me a bit. And so I decided for this novel to kind of really lean on that and play into like kind of explore it for myself, but also really make that a part of the storytelling. Because I think it's a feeling that a lot of people actually have. It's like there's safety in not being seen and the ability to decide when you are seen and when you aren't is something that, you know, I think all of us can kind of relate to like there, there have always been moments in our lives when we wish we could just disappear, like something really embarrassing happened or something, whatever happened. You're like, oh, I wish I could just disappear from this. So I wanted to kind of use that from a personal standpoint, but also like kind of implement some social commentary, like parents. I think one of the things that they particularly black parents, they worry about their children so much interacting with police, interacting just with America in general. And that ability to disappear would be just the most amazing gift that a parent could have for a child. And so that's where that kind of all came from. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11, and it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help, and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Moms Don't Have Time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Moms Don't Have Time. That's really heartbreaking. You know, that that that's the gift that they you would want to bestow on your children. You know, I mean, that's just, it's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, I think it, I think it's, I think it's a kind of true thing. Like there is this thing that you're oftentimes taught, at least I was taught, and I know many other kind of black males in particular that were taught, it's like, you don't, you don't want to stand out too much because you're, you're always kind of being noticed to a certain degree. And so you have to learn when you can and when you can't kind of be in the spotlight and be seen. So like I said, so much of the story was kind of taking that, that social construct and really sp- stretching it out to this big metaphor. And hopefully readers are kind of responding to that. Okay. See, I thought you meant to do that. I totally meant to. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I was also, I, I don't know if I'm an introvert or just, I used to be super, super shy. I think I'm a little of both, mm-hmm. but there mm-hmm. were times when I wanted to talk. It sounds like you didn't maybe want to talk. You wanted to just hide. I wanted to talk, but I just felt like I couldn't talk because I was so shy. So there were times where I was like, can anybody actually see, maybe I'm not here, you know, cause like <laughs> no one would be talking to me because I wouldn't be talking. And I was like, anyway, yeah. it just really makes you question like all of the social dynamics, right. You know, and yep, like, yep. what does it mean to be here? And like, do I have to talk? And what does it mean that I'm not talking? And I don't know all of that mess. <laughs> he brought back my whole like seventh grade. So <laughs> good, good. I, it was meant to bring that back. I can relate to those. I've definitely been the guy who like wanted to say things, but then didn't for, you know, shy, introvert, insecure, what you want to call it. So 
I could definitely relate to that. I'm the guy who like we used to in college, we would have parties and I would go and like I would always just disappear without telling anyone I was leaving. So, so they, they began to call it like the Jason escape where like the party would just be happening. And then someone would turn around. And I wasn't there anymore. Like that was so much of what a thing I did. I <laughs> still do that. <laughs> I did that at my own 40th birthday party. I was like, cause I also can't like take too much. Like I, yes, I just like can't take too much. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I like, I'm starting to shut down. I can't be in this big mm-hmm. social setting anymore. Yes. And I just am like, I'm out. And I, I can't like wait five more minutes. It's like, Probably the people I've been married to don't really appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm like, we have to go right now. What? Why? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I my know whole that so 40th well. birthday, I just like, I was like, this is too much. And now I need to go home and go to bed. And I just walked out. Yep. And everybody later was like, it's your party. Where'd you go? <laughs> I could totally respect that. That's awesome. Yeah. I try not to do it. But then it's like, I feel like I'm always ready to leave too early. And then I'm going to get, mm-hmm. I'm going to offend people. Yes. And then yep. they're going to convince me to stay. And I don't know. It's like yep. a whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it totally is. Cause like, I know in my experience in particular, like, it's not that you have any personal issue with it. Like, you love the people you're with, but there reaches this point of just kind of critical mass where it's like, I've been socialized too much and I have to go. Yeah. So I totally get it. Gosh, I like never even talk about that really. But yeah, well, it's <laughs> nice to know that I'm not the only one, I guess, who reaches that point. <laughs> not at all. I'll be thinking of you next time I sort of skulk away Disappear. quietly from a party <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm pulling a Jason Mott here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh my gosh. So are you working on a new book now that Hell of a Book is, you know, taking the world by storm or are you taking a little time to just <laughs> do all this publicity? Both. Actually both. Like Publicity is definitely a big part of things right now. But, the, you know, that period only lasts for maybe a month, month and a half. And so I'm also working on a new project and trying to figure out what it is. So much of writing at this point is just kind of like putting the words out and not really knowing where it's going or what it's actually going to be about. So yeah, I'm definitely working on a new novel. I try to try to stay. It takes me about a year and a half to two years to write a, to write a novel. So I'm always kind of trying to be ahead of the curve as much as possible. So definitely working on some new stuff. Can't really say what it's about yet because I honestly don't know what it's about yet, <laughs> but it's definitely something to work on. So how do you regroup and get your energy back to do all the interviews and everything? I hide a lot. <laughs> so, so after like a day of interviews, I will just go home and turn on a movie that I've seen a thousand times before and just kind of like let it watch me instead of me watching it. I play a lot of video games. I go exercise with friends. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is fun. I just try to do anything removed from writing as, as possible. There reaches a point where like I've talked about writing and I've done writing so much for that day that like I'm a big movie buff, so I'll just go watch movies or play video games or whatever. Just anything apart from words. That's kind of where I try to do it. What video games do you play? Maybe I'll hook you up with my son. He's 14. It's like all he wants I, to do. <laughs> <laughs> I play pretty much everything. Like I'm a big fan of like fighting games. So I'll play like Street Fighter mm-hmm. and things like that. And there's a game called like Dark Souls, which is like really difficult. I play that a lot. Yeah, I just, I'll, I got a PlayStation. I'll just turn it on and find something to play and have fun. Wow. Well, my son is like in the stage where you know, I come in and he's like talking to these people and I'm like, who, who are you talking to? And he's like, oh, my friend from the video game. I'm like, you are talking to strangers like around, the, like, this is not good. He's like, no, no, no. We've been talking for like a year. And I'm like, still not good. Still yes. not good. No, no. I'm going to defend your son here. I'm going to tell you like, totally let it happen. Like there is a beautiful online community because, you know, games used to be, you know, your friends came over, you did it in your house. And all that's happened is that shifted to online. And don't get me wrong. There are some weirdos out there for sure. But there are the, they vastly are outnumbered by the number of people that you meet who just like love the game and they want to talk about the game. They become your your teammates and your friends. Yeah, that's what he's I've got a couple of friends who people I've never met in real life. They live in 
entirely different parts of the country and we only meet through video games. So yeah, that's what he totally that's okay. what he says. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Mind you, I spend my whole day in my room talking to strangers <laughs> on the internet. I mean, seriously, who am I to talk? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Right? I'm like, you know, I share my innermost feelings with strangers. Every single day. And I'm like, oh, no, watch out with the video games, you know. Exactly. So, okay, fine. I'll let it happen, I guess. I, I also I also get your, your point of view, though. Like, strangers talking to your kids is always terrifying. So I, I get that as well. Yeah. But, I mean, he seems pretty sure of himself. So, yeah. And it's also like, I don't know, all these levels, it identifies you somehow, right? He's like a bronze mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this game. And, like, yep. I'm like, well, do you want to meet this kid? I'm, like, at a party with this kid or something. He's like, well, is he a silver or a bronze in blah, blah, blah game? And I'm like, uh, excuse me, are you a bronze or a silver? You know, it's so... Exactly. You got to show your credentials. You got to show your credentials if you're going to hang out. Yes, I totally get that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. Excellent. And do you, do you ever read to regroup? Like, what do you like to read? Yes, I do like to read. I oftentimes read books that I've read before, which is, I think, a, I think a kind of a bad habit because I don't read as many new books as I should. But so much of my reading is trying to study writing craft. And so like there are certain authors that I just reread their works a lot. But I do have a few new books that I'm reading. Like right now I'm reading a graphic novel by one of my favorite comic book authors named Barry Windsor Smith. Um, and it is mind-blowingly good. Like I am so blown away by it. I, it's taking me like three weeks to read it because I'm trying to go through it very slowly. Because he's, he's one of those creators who he does not produce very often. Like he hasn't had a new piece of work in almost 10 years. And so there may be another 10 years or so before he produces another one. So I'm just trying to take my time as much as possible. But yeah, like I, said, I read a lot of old stuff. I'm a big fan of John Gardner and William Golding. So I reread a lot of their works. Dalton Trumbo, I read a lot of his stuff. Hunter S. Thompson. I just finished reading, about a month ago, I read Mateo Ascaripor's Black Buck, which is really wonderful. He's a great guy. Him and I are doing a thing later today. So yeah, I try to read. As, I try to read. I don't read as much as I think I should because I spend so much time writing that I just get burned out on words. Like I, I really do. And so at the end of the day, I don't want any words. <laughs> I want just images usually. So <laughs> I don't think there's an amount you're supposed to read. And um, again, with my son, you two could like, you know, swap graphic novels here at this point. But no, I feel this like I don't I don't like stop podcasting and go listen to a podcast. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. okay, I'm out. Right. <laughs> yes. It's funny because I always they always feel like this there's this pressure or expectation as a writer that like you're supposed to be reading just all the time and have like thirty thousand books you've read and you can name off in a second. And it's like, it's usually not the case because again, like I spend so much, so a good six hours of my day is spent writing, you know, working with words. So after doing that for like six hours straight, I kind of don't want words anymore. <laughs> I totally understand that. Yes. Everybody reaches a saturation point and it's totally yes, fine. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, I feel like maybe now I'll connect you with my son over email and you two can play. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> cool, dude. But thank you so much. I mean, I mean, I know I've been sort of like light and flippant, This not flippant, but you know, the book has real depth and serious issues that are so important. And I don't mean to minimize that by sort of this, you know, lighthearted conversation. So I hope you didn't take it that way. But anyway, it was great. I'm so glad I read it. I'm so happy for all your success. And I hope it all continues and that you get enough downtime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, this was a terrific interview. Like I, I enjoyed, like I enjoy laughter. So like this was a fun interview for me. So I'm really glad. Thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Well, have a great day. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.